Uh, all right, Katie. So your first question is, do you even know what are the five colors of the Olympic rings? Oh, um, I dated an Olympian. So this is actually really funny. Um, okay, yeah. humble brag. <laughs> humble like many, brag. Many years I don't know how to react to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie, Katie. I had a follow-up to the mixed team ski jumping where I was going to ask you if you knew any <laughs> ski jumpers. I have a funny story about that that we will talk about off oh, the podcast. No! Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was literally the Why second the that we hit broadcast ended, I was going to go, guys, do I have something to tell you? They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should overcome what for. Train in the trees, please pardon my sycamore. It's time for another episode of the Gridiron Podcast. It's episode 18. I'm your host, Nick Shook, alongside fellow co-host Katie Caldwell, Sean Barry, and special guest here. Katie, who do we have here down in the bottom corner of the screen since this is your friend? Why don't you introduce her? Uh, so she's the informal queen of Canada. You may have heard of her. Her name is Haley McGoldrick. She is a writer covering uh, everything, football, F1, basketball, soccer, the Olympics for everywhere in Canada, Sportsnet, Viva, City News, CFL, Team Canada. She does it all. Haley, welcome to the Gridiron Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I have a question. Isn't there like an actual person like saying she's the queen of Canada who's like in a crazy cult? Isn't, isn't that a thing up there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're right. There's like. A- OK, I was like, I thought I heard something about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a community that's like been overrun by these people. And the one woman says she's like the queen of Canada and they won't leave. And they're like living in a school or a church or something. It's very bizarre. So to be clear, Haley is not that queen. No, of I'm Canada. not that lady. She's like, she's, she's like the sports writing queen of Canada. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, guys, you've heard of her. We got her on the pod. <laughs> now she's going to tell us all about their ideology and their plans to rule Canada and beyond. That is episode 18. Good night. Uh, we had another interesting, kind of wacky, nobody knows what the hell's going on type of weekend in the NFL, which we are going to get to uh, right away. But we also had a fun weekend as Formula One returned to America. And every F1 driver thought it was only appropriate because they're in Texas to wear cowboy boots and cowboy hats and overalls. And Daniel Ricardo shaved the Fu Manchu into his facial hair. And I don't know. I mean, we'll get to that later. First up, though, NFL talk. It is... Week seven's in the books, and um, in case you can't tell, I can't speak because I'm already exhausted from what week seven was. I think everybody needs a personal day, smoke a cigarette or two, have a couple drinks, just take a load off for what happened in week seven. And as we do on this podcast every week, we dive directly into the winners and losers from week seven. We'll go around the screen clockwise for those of you watching on YouTube or on Twitch where you can always find us and be sure to like and subscribe, leave a five-star review as we always like to remind you. We're going first to Katie. I would like you to present us with your loser of the week. Let's get the bad stuff out of the way. <laughs> you saw what I wrote in the rundown. You're, you're doing this to torture me. So this physically hurts for me to say out loud, but my loser this week is uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. I said it a few weeks ago when I watched this team I don't trust them. That still holds true. 
Brandon Staley is supposed to be a defensive-minded head coach, and my big question is, what is the identity of this defense? Mahomes was 20 for 20, 20 for 23 for 321 yards and three touchdowns in the first half of that game. There is just simply too much talent on that defense for them to look this bad, especially in the secondary. I just don't know what they have going on. Richard Sherman, actually, I saw him on the podcast. He said it best. He said he's taking sugar, water, lemons, and he's making feces. Right out of Richard Sherman's mouth. Oh, that is that is graphic. Very I mean, Katie, graphic. As a Chargers fan, as at least a uh, partial Chargers so, so, fan that you are, uh, this has been the story of their. Sean, did you have a question about the sugar water to feces thing? Is that what we're going to? Yeah. Here? Well, yeah. So I was going to say, so he's, if I understand this correctly, he's not turning lemons into lemonade. He's turning already like pre-made the lemonade, like delicious sweet lemonade, into feces. Yes. Into literal. The, into literal shit. Yeah, Sean, you could say it. It's okay. That's <laughs> well, I know no hey, I know we're simulcast in Edmonton these days. I don't want to, you know, insult the Edmontonians, if that's their name. I don't know. Is that, is that how you say it, Canadian experts here? We're Western yeah. Canadians, Sean. It's okay. We can handle it. <laughs> we're big uh-huh. boys and girls. <laughs> okay. But, well. but yeah, the Chargers to me, guys, I'll be honest, they're one of the biggest disappointments in the NFL this season to me. I mean, yeah, not off of this game, though, right, Katie? Like, you knew this No, was not off this game. Possible. That one is very generalized. But this was one of the games where when I asked the question, what is the identity largely of that defense, I just don't have an answer for it. Their defense was garbage in the first half, and their offense looked okay. And then in the second half, it looked like the defense kind of started to pick it up, and then the offense is like, okay, this is where we check out. Like, they, they can just never really get it together at the same time. And I know it's the Chiefs. I know they're a great team, but... I just, when I look at the roster of the Chargers, I feel like there's so much more that can be taken out of it. I, it's been a problem for them all season. It's, it reared its ugly head way back in week one when they lost in that, high, that shootout against the Dolphins. And you thought, well, it's the Dolphins. This isn't going to be the case. But it really has been the case for them on a week-by-week basis. And, and you're right about the talent. I mean, I, I, I'm not ready to admit defeat. Actually, yes, I am ready to admit defeat. That linebacker class that included Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen was overrated. Neither of those guys are cruising toward a solid future in the NFL. Patrick Queen is very much in a prove it year, so much that the Ravens went and got Roquan Smith last year and then paid him a ton of money right out of, right out of the gate because they knew this guy's way better than the guy that we had. Um, but that's far from the only problem. I think their biggest issue, at least on paper, is probably their front four, or well, really front three. Um, you have Sebastian Joseph Day there, and then the other two guys, it's, it's Nick Williams and Austin Johnson. Those are not names that are going to turn your heads. Morgan Fox, a veteran, is also there. But it's just like, uh, you know me, guys. It, it starts in the trenches. And if you don't win up front, that's going to be a problem. And it's kind of been a problem for them on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I totally agree. You said it best. <laughs> Uh, Ch- uh, I, I, I don't want to like leave them at this point because I feel like there's no conclusion here, but the conclusion maybe is, is that their offense probably isn't good enough to keep them in most games. It'll like make it interesting. And they do. I mean, if you look at the next month, they have the bears next week, they have the jets, they have the lions, then they have the Packers. You could probably go two and two there, but even then two and two, you're four and six. Yeah. I don't know, Katie. I think we're cruising toward a Brandon Staley firing. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> What do we have them in our in our preseason preview? What do we have them at? Like eleven and six, ten and seven. Like we had them seven, right there, easily making the playoffs. So 
yeah, a two and four start is a little inauspicious for Chargers fans, if there are any. Um, <laughs> all but five it's, of us. It's, <laughs> oh, it's it, it's hard to watch because there was so much hype surrounding this team. But that happens every year. You always have an overhyped team. This team, though, deserved the hype. They like they have the talent. They have the lemonade, and they just can't do anything with it. And the lemonade stinks. Let's move on. Haley, do you have a loser? Uh, I do, and I feel like it's pretty low-hanging fruit, but it's the New Orleans Saints. I just, oh, yeah. Derek Carr, yeah. I don't know what's going on with him. He looks horrible. Um, and, like, just everything about them. The worst part is, like, they're half the time they're in the game, and then you just see everything fall apart. Like, you saw a really good game from Michael Thomas, which was great. It's great to see him kind of looking like the old Michael Thomas once again. Obviously, with having Kamara back, you've got him playing really well. It takes away from Chris Olave's targets a little bit, which Lord knows what's happening with him after his arrest, which is a whole other thing. But, uh, (laughs) you know, the Saints are just like a team that I feel like they have. If you look on paper, they seem to be a lot better team and should have a better record than they do right now. And like, yes, the AFC South and Jacksonville is not like the pinnacle of football at the current moment, but like they're in that game. And then they just, it seems like they find ways to lose games. They're just very frustrating to watch because they should be so much better than they are. Haley, when you watch the Saints, what's the first thing you think of when you look at their offense? Like, what, what's your immediate reaction and takeaway from that offense? I think the biggest thing is that it's like they went out and got Derek Carr because they knew last year they had quarterback issues, sure. And then they get that, and it's like nothing solved. Like, you still have the same receiver group as you did last year. Like, Chris Lava had a pretty decent rookie season. I say, like, I love Garrett Wilson. I, the, publication I was working for at the time I voted for him to like win offensive rookie of the year before the season so I thought he was going to win that but I think Chris Olave is a really good receiver going into his sophomore year that he should have had a better year if he had a better quarterback and it's like nothing's improved like there's just there should be so much more improvement there and there isn't you like I said you've got Michael Thomas back who's you know looking half decent right now but you should have a lot more scoring than you do right now yeah, uh, I totally agree. Um, Sean, you cover this division being a, a Tampa reporter. You notice how I said Tampa, not Tampa Bay. Um, and you're all over the NFC South. I mean, what are you saying when you see the Saints? Um, I see a team that is just almost directionless. I, I kind of want to mimic you guys because when they played the Bucs a couple of weeks ago, it was turnovers that killed them and it was red zone defense that killed them. I mean, that made that game made the Bucs look like they were – head and shoulders the team to beat in the nfc south now we know that's not the case uh it's still a division that's you know up for grabs but at the same time yeah Haley, you're right there's just there's something off about this team they should be better because i think coming into this year you expected the saints to be the favorite in the nfc south they went out and got Derek carr michael thomas is back alvin kamara was going to be back and healthy at some point this year after his suspension chris Olave was supposed to improve no one's making that leap Derek carr is not making that connection and no one's making that leap um and that being said the the saints i mean over the past couple of years where they haven't been as good their defense has been their calling card their defense has gotten them wins it has not done that at all this year so i think that's a little bit surprising as well um, but like I said, they're just a directionless team. I have no idea who's going to show up one week or the other. It's, it's Halloween season. They're, they're, you know, what is it? Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It's, I have no idea who's going to show up. I like that you said that because that's the story to me so far for them is, um, they are two different teams depending on the situation and depending on the flow of the game early and often in these games, their offense, their passing game is nothing beyond 10 yards. I mean, Alvin Kamara coming back, I think actually hurt them because it made Derek Carr check down more often to him. 
it feels like when they throw the ball in the first half of games, it's just check down, check down, check down, check down. He never looks down the field. He doesn't trust his offensive line, which makes sense. They've had to shuffle some guys around. They haven't protected him well. He's already gotten hurt once. But, you know, you talk about the defense and the fact that they aren't, you know, proving to be the strength of this team either. It's hard to play defense well when your offense goes three for 18 on third down yeah. in the Thursday yeah. night game. Like when that's, you're always it, on it the field. It all yeah. starts on the offensive side of the ball. I agree. I think they're another team that kind of like the Chargers has potential to flirt with 500, but needs to figure some things out. They're probably better positioned than the Chargers, but I don't have a lot of confidence in them right now. So I, that's a great loser pick, I think, Haley. Sean, who's your loser? Uh, my loser are Brock Purdy stands. Everyone that was calling for him to be the early season MVP favorite. Everyone that was anointing him as the next thing. Now, look, he's still a very good quarterback. Clearly, I think he's the best quarterback to come out of last year's class. Um, as a Steelers fan, that's tough for me to say. But but he is. But when you look at what he has around him, he is set up so much better for success than Sam Howell, than Kenny Pickett, than Desmond Ritter, than Malik Willis. Jeez. It's it's one of those situations where it's it's tough to fail in those situations. When you have Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, when you go out and get Christian McCaffrey, when you have Kyle Shanahan as your head coach, oh, and when you have just the best defense of the last decade, you know, or low for you. But here's a stat or a couple of stats that I want to throw out. In the fourth quarter, you want your teams to be good. You want your, your studs to oh, be Oh, really? I, I didn't <laughs> know that. Breaking news. Above <laughs> I'm getting to the point. Thank you. In you the want fourth to put quarter, more points on the board than the other team. That is, that is true. <laughs> you also want to have a good passer rating in the fourth quarter, don't you, Nick? I believe Brock that Hardy, is correct. In the fourth quarter, has a 54 passer rating. When he is trailing in the fourth quarter, his passer rating drops to 17. We saw it happen last night on Monday Night Football, throwing those two picks. Brock Purdy, coming down to the end, has not been good. Not even been adequate. He has not been good. By comparison, and this is just, again, a number I heard today. By comparison, Kenny Pickett, a very average quarterback, right? In the fourth quarter, he has a 104 passer rating. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sean watched Kenny Pickett lead his team to a comeback win in the fourth quarter. And one I watched and almost right back no on football the this weekend. He's no, I right watched back almost on the train. This weekend. He's like, I'm just Kenny saying, Pickett threw two you're... touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, baby. Everybody watch Let's out. Go, baby. Watch out. Here come the Steelers. And See, this is why Kenny I don't Pickett. like to mention him on this podcast is because you just jump on my back for being a homer. But these are no, stats. If we're going to compare two sophomore quarterbacks, that's what I'm going to compare yeah, him against. No, the, the timing was um, good because he did play well was in that good. game. But at the same time, so my losers, Brock Purdy stands because I think they're being forced to take a step back and go, uh, not, not, you know, obviously he was the answer over Jimmy Garoppolo and obviously he was better than Trey Lance. But, you know, is he, is he the next Tom Brady as people were already calling him that? Is he this sure-fired MVP candidate? Right now, the answer is no, after two straight losses and some subpar performances from him. I'm not intentionally trying to play devil's advocate here, but passer rating is an unfair metric in some regard because interceptions tank it, and he threw two picks in that game, as you mentioned, uh, against the Vikings on Monday night, and I think that that's going to drive that number down. But there is a point you know, to be made there, that, and you're correct on I think what, when they blew out the Giants, he didn't even play most of the fourth quarter, so it's a bit of an incomplete picture, but... Bottom line, after passing the test against the Browns the week prior and having his kicker fail him, he failed his team on Monday night with the interceptions yeah. that he threw, trying to be the hero. And um, 
it's it's a bit of a situation where the Niners are gonna have to go back to the drawing board, plain and simple. They're gonna have to try to, you know, sit back and think, all right, what what went wrong in these last two weeks? Why did we lose to the Vikings? I think you can explain why they lost to the Browns, but the Vikings games will be a little bit tougher to sort out. Uh, I'm gonna go over to my winners and losers, and my loser is gonna be the Bills because you got beat by the Patriots. The Patriots who didn't have a shred you don't, of Nick, you don't even you don't even need you don't even need to explain. You got beat by the Every Patriots. Every listener yes. just I went, mean, yes. I, <laughs> That's yeah. correct. Mac yes. Jones went 25 of 30 for 272 and two touchdowns against Mac Jones, who who couldn't throw his way out of a wet paper bag in the last month, so much that every week Bill Belichick had to field questions about the future of the quarterback position. And frankly, I don't think he really had the greatest answers because he didn't know himself. All of a sudden, Mac Jones just rediscovers it against this Bills defense. Now, look, Buffalo is missing their most important defender, who is not Tredavious White. His name is Matt Milano, who they lost for the season to an injury the week prior. They also did lose Tredavious White, which kind of undercuts the return of Von Miller. They're going through some things right now defensively, but the way they lost the game was the worst part. You know, they come back and score a touchdown. They wake up offensively, finally, after sleepwalking through the last few weeks, and then they give up a game-winning drive to Mac freaking Jones. I have to watch Mike Gesicki do a bad gritty that he's totally leaned what into. What was that? Tough Nick, let me tell you something. Let, let me tell you something. So uh, tomorrow I'm leaving for Buffalo for Thursday Night Football uh, when the Bucs are up there. And part of my assignment for our pregame show on Thursdays, I have to go and find like a tailgate to go hang out at and doing a, the whole, you know, Bill's Mafia experience. Ooh, are you going to jump through a table? No, no, I'm Come not on. jumping through a table. I, I've been instructed not to do that. Um, Boo. We'll see. Uh, so I, I got set up uh, with a local uh, Bill's Mafia club here in Tampa, and I asked them to set me up with some friends of theirs in, in, in Buffalo so I could go to a tailgate. I call the guy today and say, hey, I'm Sean Barry from Fox 13. How you doing? He goes, uh, you know, I'm all right. It's kind of <laughs> a tough week up here in Buffalo. And he totally meant it. And I, and I had to think, I'm like, oh, oh my God, like, did like a Buffalo sports icon like pass away? Did what happened? And I'm like, oh, and I thought to myself, I'm like, oh my God, he's talking about the Patriots game. Like he's talking about the, and he totally was. He was like, yeah, it's uh, you know, the Sabres are losing right now. And we lost the Patriots. Not even that we lost to Mac Jones. And he was like, so dejected and it's Tuesday now. Yep. Yep. It's going to sting until they play the next game. Um, Haley, what's your perspective of this situation with the bills who are now four and three after seven games? It's interesting because they have like such statement wins over like a Dolphins team. And it's like, yeah, the Dolphins just lost to the Eagles who are also kind of juggernauts. But like, I think the Dolphins are a good team. They obviously had a lot of penalties that killed them versus the Eagles. The Eagles had none. They had 10. Like, that's a whole thing. But like, they've got some statement wins. And then it's like, you've got a garbage win over a horrible Giants team. You lose to the Patriots. Like, I just, I don't really know what's going on with them. It's like kind of the same thing. Like, when their offense is firing, it's like that's a team that can throw up like 50, 60 on somebody. But then it's like other other times you're like, I don't understand what's going on. How you're, again, like you're you beat the Dolphins when the Dolphins are in their prime. They drop 70 the week before and then you go and beat them. And then you're losing to the Patriots, who at that point you're like, are is Mac Jones even going to start the next week? What's going on with Bill? And then Bill gets his 300th win over the Bills too, which is yeah. another <laughs> just icing on top of the cake. Yeah, it's just it's just such a weird situation because you know they're such a good team, but it's just like what's I don't understand what's been going on the last few weeks. So I, let me ask you this then, Haley: uh, is is the Buffalo Bills story finally getting a little stale? Because we've been watching them the past couple of years, and it's been like, all right, that's that next team coming. 
All right, Josh Allen is going to finally win the Super Bowl. Uh, they're going to get past the Chiefs this year. Oh, look at Stephon Diggs on the field, looking at the Chiefs celebrating. He he wants it bad next year. And time and time again, they just can't get there. Is it time to finally say they might never? No, I I believe it. it. Like you even think years ago when there was that you know that overtime thing, and everyone was like, "Well, the overtime rules are stupid. The Bills would have won that game. Uh, the overtime rules are stupid." <laughs> and it it is true. It's like at what point do you stop saying you know everyone comes into the season oh. Bills Super Bowl favorites, you know, Josh Allen MVP. Like, it's just the same narrative every single time. And, like, yeah, it was great when they finally made the playoffs a few years ago after having such a long drought. And then it, I feel like it also moved really quickly from like being a team that missed the playoffs so often to all of a sudden, like, your Super Bowl favorites. And now I think people's mm-hmm. expectations are so high of the Bills because they have had such a good few years the last few years. But, like you said, it's like, hey, you're not getting over that playoff hump. You're not getting there which you know after a few seasons it gets old and b when you have showings like this it's like well i don't trust this team to go win a super bowl when you're barely beating the giants and losing to the patriots yeah i think teams go through struggles throughout the year it's a it's it's always a bit of a tumultuous experience playing the nfl through 18 weeks but i think you need to hit the nail right on the head that look this is going to be a team that's going to contend for the afc east they're going to contend for the afc but it's you'd be kind of a fool at this point to put a lot of confidence in them to go win the AFC to go win a Super Bowl because what they've proven time and time again is that they're pretty stuck in their ways. They cannot run the ball in a traditional sense at all. They did it for about two games, which oh surprise, they put a ton of points on the board and blew out their opponents when they did that. And then they went right back to who they were before. They've shuffled running backs. They haven't gotten any different results. Um at one point you have to say uh you're defining insanity. You're you're doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And I know it could sound hyperbolic. It's an overreaction to one game, but it's a growing trend that really started when they played in London a couple weeks ago against the Jaguars. And, and quite frankly, you know, you look at their schedule, they got a few opportunities to get right. They're going to play a Buccaneers defense. that's pretty solid. Bengals defense is pretty solid. The Broncos stink. The Jets have a great defense and have had the bills number. And then they get the Eagles. Like this could get pretty precarious by the time they get to that week 13 bye. I don't know, folks. Uh, Keep an eye on the Buffalo Bills uh, as we go forward. Katie, let's go over to the positive side. Okay. Sunny days, winners. I thought that was was a positive spin on life in not San Diego, L.A., and Buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) We're all just doing our best. Uh, So my winner this week, which feels like it could apply to basically every week, but this performance was simply lovely. Miles Garrett. He's Oh, oh, yes. Nine tackles two sacks, two forced fumbles, a pass breakup, and then leapt over the Colts center to block a field goal. A defensive DJ player. Already. What's up? Nothing. Here I didn't we say go. Anything. Here we go. I didn't say anytime anything. you talk about Miles Garrett, you got to talk about TJ Watt. In any ways, as a defensive player, I remind you, he was responsible for 17 points individually for the Browns. This is not a human being. This is a God walking among us. But my favorite thing about that game was when he was asked afterwards about what makes the defense so close. He said, we hold hands and eat dinner together. Oh, that was very I endearing. I don't believe that, that is for a nice. second. They, yeah, it's a joke. <laughs> There's no way they're holding hands. But that's a you nice You don't know their clip. journey, Nick. Uh, I know enough about that locker room yeah. and about who Miles Garrett is a person to tell you that nobody's holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It was a hell of a performance. It was a defensive player of the year caliber performance. If he did that every week, he'd win defensive player of the year. And you know what, Sean? We don't have to talk about TJ Watt when I just made that statement, okay? Look, he's already hey, got you know one what? DPOY. He's, playing, he's having a great year, too. 
can 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 I just can we just agree? I mean, to watch both these players at the same time in the same division, and watch them play against each other twice here is a lot of fun. Well, it's it also is. fun to watch TJ Watt drop in coverage and pick off Matthew Stafford. That's uh, wow, yeah, that play. I, I I saw that on the on the replay because I didn't get to see the whole game. But um, yeah, how often do you see TJ Watt drop back in coverage? Nah, not often. You don't see. A guy and the like one that time he does play. it, yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, it was game swinging decision there or game swinging yeah. play. Um, all right. Uh, next up on our winners, we go to Haley. Who's your winner? This is a little bit of a homer take, but my winner this week is Jackson Smith Jigba. I was so happy yes. for him oh. to score his first NFL touchdown because I feel like him, like him, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison going back to back to back to back. Like you've got wide receivers who have really high expectations. You've seen Zay Flowers growing and doing really well. Obviously, Jordan Addison has taken advantage of Justin Jefferson being out and playing really well. So with DK Metcalf being ruled out, it was kind of like this is make or break. And you've seen Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of growing as the weeks go on. But obviously, when DK Metcalf's on the field, you're not going to be getting as many targets as he is. And I really like that. I got to give credit to Gino. That was such a strike to him. Like he was wide open and he just hit him right in the middle. That was a great throw from Gino. But I was just very happy for him because I think for seeing, like, again, like seeing the other wide receivers you were drafted right beside doing really well and a lot of the narrative is around them, rightfully deserved. But for him to finally get his first touchdown and like feel like he kind of belongs and keep growing, I was very happy for that because as a not only Seahawks fan, but also an Ohio State fan, I love that man so much. So it was great to oh, see him get his I first NFL touchdown. I didn't know you were an Ohio State fan. Look at you, Sean. You're outnumbered. Oh, yeah. My dad was born in Columbus. So I was like, I'm a lifer. Oh, yeah. Ah, whatever. <laughs> John, would you like whatever, to remind us man. what happened this weekend real quick while we're on the topic? Drew Aller apparently is, is, is not the guy yet. Yeah, not, not necessarily. the. I mean, that's a, that's a championship caliber defense, so I don't hold it against it him, is, but yeah. he looked very overwhelmed in that game. Congrats on another L delivered by Ohio State. To your <laughs> Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. It, it also annoys me, too. It, it annoys me so much that every time Penn State is able to like hang with Ohio State, every time that they're either expected to compete with or expected to beat Ohio State, where's the game in Columbus? Which says more about Penn State because that means they only have a team good enough every other couple of years mm. to actually beat Ohio State. But I just feel like every single time we're expected to beat Ohio State, the game is in Columbus. Uh, I remember two instances, one being the Troy Smith-led Ohio State team that lost in a whiteout in Happy Valley, and the other one okay, being... Okay, but now you're going back to 2004. I meant, like, recently. Uh, the Christian Hackenberg Nittany Lions, they had a chance to win, and Joey Bosa ended those hopes with one sack where he just drove his blocker into the back of Hackenberg. I mean, look. Uh, yeah, okay, your complaint's valid. That's fine. Just, just understand that you're number three in this in that conference right now i um, clearly clearly but who's number one nick say michigan it. say it as for of now, now until they get until, until they until get until they get suspended or until death they penalty. get yeah they get uh, penalized for sending an elaborate scouting operation on the road using we're not even gonna get into that <laughs> <laughs> uh you know what was great about jackson smith and jigba haley was the fact that it wasn't just the touchdown it was him being involved in the offense throughout the game. Uh, Geno Smith didn't seem to look his way very much in the first month and a half. And suddenly he was like, I'm looking your way all day. I got you open on the deep ends all day, baby. Like just dig after dig after dig. He's open. He's catching first down. I even saw him get up and do a little celebration. I was like, oh, look at him. He's got, he's got his confidence back. I'm still adjusting and seeing him in something other than Scarlet and Gray. Uh, yeah, I love that. Love that pick for you. Um, winner, Sean. Let's go. Uh, let's go with uh, Tyson Bajant. Why not? Nice. D2 quarterback, undrafted, out of Shepherd College. 
Um, what did he set the record for most like all time passing yards, like NCAA, no matter what division I think it was. And, you know, he goes to Chicago as an undrafted free agent has to fill in for an injured Justin Fields. And what does he do? Absolutely. You know, leads his team to a blowout win. That being said, I will roll it back a little bit and say, you know, his 2.1, you know, passing yards through the air per completion are the lowest that a quarterback has ever had in a win. So we do have to like temper down those, you know, expectations and the calls for him to replace Justin Fields just a little bit. But it is a cool story when you see a guy that did not go to a big school. Forget even forget going to like a big school. This kid went to a university I'd never even heard of until this weekend. Um, and now he's kind of in the same shoes as his 25-time world champion arm wrestling dad. I, you know, <laughs> good family story. Good, good feel-good family story. Yeah, elite athleticism in that family. I have two yes. things to rail against here real quick. Number one, the Fields thing, because you know people are actually going to say that seriously. Uh, just 100%. because they rolled to a blowout win. A blowout win in which they recorded three takeaways against a hapless Raiders team. Uh, and the other, the other part being uh, the fact that, you know, he, he's a guy who... I hated his combine workout. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. I thought he was terrible. And, and, and the stats kind of back it up. He was 29 yeah, really. for 162 and a touchdown. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's still a cool story, you, though. Like, come on. You got to let him have his like flowers. Come on. He, have you looked at, at, at his headshots on the sideline? There's one in particular that I'm going to show you right now that that just reminds me a lot of like kind of like poor man's trevor lawrence with curly hair if i can click enough buttons to get there in You're a not wrong. amount of time um here let's i'll show you it real quick look at this it, 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 is that not like no no that's 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 correct he's like poor trevor, lawrence, trevor lawrence, with lawrence tattoos and came he's, from a rougher upbringing yeah he's, uh, he, he's the aldi brand trevor lawrence <laughs> yeah that's fair we'll wish.com trevor lawrence <laughs> Yeah, there you go. What's the new one? Great value. Timu, Timu, whatever you say it. Yeah, yeah, that's what he is. All right. Um, I, Haley, what, what were your takeaways from the Bears blowout win that nobody saw coming? <laughs> My takeaway, well, that was the biggest thing, too. I felt bad for Justin Fields because I was like, I know this is just going to be the narrative, the whole thing. But also, like, I have... Donta Foreman on my fantasy team. So I know exactly what was going on because I really needed those 31 points for my fantasy team. Did I still lose my matchup? That's a question I won't be answering. But, you know, <laughs> that's kind of the biggest thing that I took away from that is that it kind of felt bad for Justin Fields and all of that. But it Haley, is a very good feel good story. Don't feel bad. We, we went over this last week. Nick's father has unfortunately been in the ICU for two weeks. And in those two weeks, he well, no, he's out my now. ass. Well, he's, yeah, he's out now. He's out now. But while he was bedridden in the ICU, he whooped my ass. <laughs> That's how bad my team is right now. So this don't is, feel bad. This is why I hate fantasy football. That's it's, so bad. It's just a crapshoot. It, it's a damn crapshoot. That's all there is to it. Uh, we have, a, chi we have a, a usual guest chiming in right now. Big B says, do you even know? Which that comes later, Big B. But hello, we see you out there watching this do we, show. Do we, have a, do we even have a, a, a topic for Katie? Oh, my God, we don't. <gasps> that means we get to skip it this shot. week. Oh, too no, bad. Big B has demanded it. Haley, I'm by, gonna, the, I'm, by the way, do ahead, you Nick. even know is when we quiz a participant, one of the hosts, on topics that they don't know are coming. Oh. And we just come up with questions. So we'll put you third in this uh, exercise today after we reveal the topic, which Sean is probably texting me about right now. 
Oh goodness. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, don't put this pressure <laughs> so on our guests. To... Don't put this pressure on. Let's just move on and skip the segment. We've got a long podcast today, anyways. Nope. Katie wants to get out because she never gets anything right and she hates the segment. But I we're think not we should abolish it. Easy. For the record, at normal <laughs> bar trivia, when I go out with my friends, they're all like, "Okay, your sports and politics. Those are my two that I'm like pretty confident in. Music as well." But with like normal bar trivia sports questions, I can get. And then with you guys, you it feels very like, I don't know how to just, and then the pressure's on, the lights are on, and I get scared. I already get nervous podcasting before trivia comes into it. Well, this is all good practice. Every, so Nobody <laughs> grows without a little bit of uncomfortable situation. Especially after I completed the first ever uh, clean sweep of Divan now last week. Yes, that's true. He did. Really good uh, organization so that we're that, doing Ailey. this on the fly. It's coming around the corner because it's Tuesday and we usually record on Wednesday and I'm all out of whack. Uh, my winner this week, Sean, you said your loser was Brock Purdy stands. My winner is Lamar Jackson stands uh, yes. because holy crap, did he have a great day uh, in the offseason? They talked, you know, glowingly about how this offense is going to be unlocked and opened up under Todd Munkin and through six weeks, he didn't really see it. But what we did see was Lamar finding ways to lead his team to victory in most games. Sunday was a different story. He was absolutely electric. I think arguably his greatest passing game of his career, maybe not statistically, but visually, he could not be denied. He completed 21 of 27 passes for 357 yards and three touchdowns and made it look like he was doing it in his sleep. Fish in a barrel for Mr. Lamar Jackson, who had a phenomenal, phenomenal Sunday and will be moving up in my QB rankings this week, without a doubt. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Anybody want to participate and add on, go ahead. But I'm, I'm not mic dropping, but I'm leaving it there. Oh, so a lot of people were really hard on the lines about that game. And yeah, that was a bit of a tough scene, especially compared to what we've seen from them. To me, that was so much more just the Ravens winning than the Lions really, really losing. Like Lamar looked in MVP form. He looked, oh, sorry, Carl is just joining the shot in the background for those watching. <laughs> Wave. Hey, <Hi>, Carl. <laughs> Um, but Lamar just looks like total MVP form. He looks decisive and he just, he's so locked in and so dialed in and it's so fun to watch. And I just, I watched him play that game and I just metaphorically looked at every GM in the league and went, when he was available, yes, I kind of thought he would always end up with the Ravens, but why wasn't every single team going after Lamar? And I watched that game and I go, what was everybody thinking? Because he was so dialed in that whole offense, defense, everything looked unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the rest of the division has, they better watch out. Be I mean, this is not going to happen every week. But if they are anything close to that every week, it's going to be a serious, serious problem for the rest of the AFC North. Sean, I hope you're listening to that because your team has one win over the Ravens, but if they play like they did on Sunday, they ain't beating them a second time, I'll tell you that. Buddy, did you even watch the game that they actually beat the Ravens at? Like, yeah. I feel like they played worse than they did against the Rams. Yeah, they did. They, the, all the Steelers did was benefit from a Ravens meltdown. <laughs> it was really that simple. All right. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for winners and losers. Haley, any parting wisdom from your first appearance in this riveting segment? No, it was really fun. I, I don't think I have any other takeaways other than the fact I was going to say 
about Lamar, but you touched or Katie touched on it as well that it was like from the Lions as well. I think people are gonna like jump on the Lions and be like fraud watch. I think that's the biggest thing. Anytime a team loses that you're suddenly on fraud watch. I think like she said, it was more just like Lamar having a bounce back game, like the Ravens just clicking, firing on every cylinders. It was a lot of fun to watch that team. And again, like if Lamar plays like that or close to that every single week, it's gonna be dangerous for everybody else. I've seen a lot of that discourse already about the Lions and it's like, you guys, it was one game. (laughs) And like, I get the expectations on them are high and they do look really good and they've played super well this season, but like everybody has a shit game once in a while. Like last year, who did the Chiefs lose to? The Colts. That was their first loss. Like, let's take a deep breath and just (laughs) calm a little bit because I, I think the Lions will be fine, but... Yeah, the narratives are really funny about that. People just panic. <laughs> to quote the great medical mind of Aaron Rodgers. Jesus, can I? R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Great medical mind. I feel like I need to just I've cut been, that off before you said it. Great medical mind. I've and been Aaron Rodgers is an oxymoron. Okay. I've been immunized. Uh, I, need, I, need, I need Taylor's boyfriend to debate me about vaccines. You want to uh, see my toes? I'm going to put them on the camera if you want to see my toes. Uh, all right. Let's ugh. let's move on. Let's shift gears. And we're going over to Big B's favorite segment of the day. And one that is sweeping the nation. The game show that everybody cannot get enough of except for Katie Caldwell. Luckily, she's in Canada, so it's not sweeping Canada. But maybe it will be after tonight. Maybe it will be. Yeah. Uh, this segment is known as... Do you even know? Do you even know? All right. Today's contestant is the person who hates it the most. <laughs> Her name's Katie Caldwell. She's got a less than sterling record in this game. But today is the moment she turns it all around because today's topic in Do you even now is the Olympics. Okay. And we'll start with okay. Mr. Sean Perry. And I'm going to take my hoodie off because I'm sweating bullets. Yeah, Katie, I figured we would go with the Olympics because they announced the addition of a couple new sports for LA 28, including uh, baseball, softball, flag football. So this should be fun. Nick, take it off, buddy. <laughs> Let the guns out for those watching on YouTube. There we go. Uh, all right, Katie. So your first question is, do you even know what are the five colors of the Olympic rings? Oh, um, I dated an Olympian, so this is actually really funny. Um, okay, yeah. humble brag. <laughs> humble For like many, brag. many years. I don't know how to react to this. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't know what I know sport, that sounds I don't humble bragging. anything up. But they all have the tattoo. So I've stared at it a billion times. But Katie, now we're going into some very uncomfortable waters right hold now. On. <laughs> now. Hold on, Nick. Nick, I have to ask the follow-up question. Where was this tattoo? On his chest, nothing, nothing weird. Okay. The no, more uncomfortable no, question no, no, would have been, no, no. which sport did he participate in? Because that one is objectively funny. It's, That's what I wanted to know. It's okay, doubles luge. <laughs> yes, I knew it was going to be luge. I knew it was going to be But luge. doubles is even it. funnier for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, now that you have Olympic experience in a couple of ways, Sean is going to quiz you here <laughs> on this. So the colors are... See, how well you remember his chest. Yeah, it has... Yeah, that's a weird question. Um, black. See? <laughs> red. Oh, she's envisioning it. Green. This is making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Yellow and blue. Look at her looking. 
What? I'm just ding I'm, ding ding. I'm envisioning Olympic ding, rings. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. Yes. I shouldn't have brought that up. As soon as I said it, I wonder. You know what the funny thing is too? <laughs> you actually said them in order, going from like the center around. Like you went clockwise around them. You went black, red, green, yellow, and blue. Like you went around the the, the rings. So I have a very it's funny what the mind can remember. <laughs> what the. No, no, we're just going to shut that down right now. But I have a very photographic memory. So this question was actually just great. This is perfect. Oh, no, you're making it worse. I'm just talking about the rings in general, you worse. guys. Jesus Christ. We're, all of, uh, most of this is being This cut. is a family it's podcast, <laughs> Katie. This is a family podcast. I really hope people aren't sitting down and listening to this with their families. That's a very strange. Oh, it could be activity. so much worse. <laughs> yeah, it could be so much worse. All right. Well, we're I feel like we got to give Haley a question to ask here. Well, Haley, if you haven't come up with one off the top of your head or whatever you want to search, or you know, you have Olympic knowledge here, um, we have a third one that we could give you. But we're gonna, yeah. I'm gonna do the next one to give you a little bit more time if that works with you. That's perfect. Okay, uh, Katie. Now that we get to move on from that awkward <laughs> scenario, um, all of that is even worked out so much better. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, nah. All right. Do you even know which country boasts the most Winter Olympic medals? As the fire crackles behind her, she ponders. <laughs> in the Can- in the Canadian fall, in the Canadian winter. Actually, we had our first snowfall today, so it's officially Canadian winter. I hate it. Oh God! It was ninety today. It was 74 today. Unseasonably warm for Cleveland. Uh, while Katie thinks we have some chat participants, like I Chris says, um, wow, call me out much. Sorry for having evening family time. <laughs> oh, man. I usually, after the segment, try and quit the podcast, but I understand if I've just been fired from the podcast rather than me quitting because... No, no, no. There's no standards of operations here. This, Come on. Haley might want to leave, but... This, this topic was, was, was better than I could have imagined. <laughs> yeah. Really livening um, up the podcast, I'll tell you that. The most... Good clip material right here. I feel like summer would have to be the U.S. That could be wrong, too, but... Winter. I don't, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't look up the Summer Olympics. This is. This was the Winter Olympics. I'm just gonna say the USA. And uh, the answer is Norway. Oh, okay. I was thinking. Yeah, never mind. I was thinking Germany, which wasn't close. Either. No, they dominate. It's all right. You're one for two. You're you're on off to a better start than usual. Uh, Big V chime Nick, in. Katie, we need a podcast where you just ramble about anything. I agree. That is what we call we, Katie Caldwell's corner. Yes, we teased it last week. The spinoff. Katie's corner, Katie's corner coming yeah. up. Um, 2024. Right. Haley, are you interested Haley, in asking a question? Yeah. Yes, I have one. I thought uh, of the, oh, the oh, so we're going to do more. Give me a softball, it should you, be a layup. It should be a layup. Okay. All right. When you ask the question, though, you have to preface it with, do you even know? Do you even know which event debuted at Beijing 2022 that Canada won bronze in? Was it men oh, and we're women that it debuted? Am I allowed to give her hints? I kind of don't want to, but I also don't want her to quit the podcast. So <laughs> I might yeah, just do that yeah. anyways. Um, <laughs> then wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> I think I think I know which one it is. Beijing. 
Oh my she gosh. continues to think. I don't know if I have an answer to this. Yeah, that was winter. I'm getting all my... It that was winter, winter, right? Beijing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, it was yeah. winter, yeah. Because we're waiting on Paris, Paris 24, yeah. Yeah, and then Tokyo. Was, yeah, I got all mixed up with the COVID shifting things. Um, I'm going to feel like an idiot after this, but I don't know if I have an answer. That's okay. You're not an idiot. It's kind of a trick question. Do you want to, Nick, do you want to give the ceremonial eh? Eh. Uh, it was mixed team ski jumping. So it was kind of a trick when you said men's and women's okay. because it was mixed team. Okay. I did know that. It was way in the back there, but yeah, I wouldn't have ever come up with that. I wasn't really thinking of the skiing world when... Huh, cool. It was like a really early medal also, but mm. I just, I'm sorry to throw you under the is, it, No, great question. Is that the, the one where they were jumping with like a, a nuclear power plant in the background? I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and they were jumping off the big giant hill. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It was super cool. Everyone was like dogging on like there being a power plant in the background. I'm like, this looks like a level that you unlock. I'm like <laughs> pro skater. Like this looks SSX awesome. Actually, tricky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Katie, I got one more for you. Bonus a little time. Redemption. Bonus time. Redemption this time. Is... All right. Even now, where was the first modern Olympic Games held? Modern, not like way back when. The first modern Olympic Games. I'll give you a hint. Is... The year was 1896. Athens. Like what? Yes. Hey. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Hey. Yeah, you got it. Correct. Nice. Yes. Am I really sick at this two game now? Or? No. <laughs> two for four. Hey, that's good. Jeez, she's that's coming good around. She's that's good shooting. You're bad. Five hundred. You're hall of famer. I'm grateful there was more questions in this segment. For once, let's there just do go. Olympics yes. every. Yes. See. <laughs> Growth comes from uncomfortable and situations. I did. I don't think are, I grew from our uncomfortable situation earlier, but that's neither here nor there. Sean, I think we're going to now continue to formulate our you know topics around what we think Katie's past dating lives were like. Oh, don't dig into that. Not, that's I, I think that's. I, I think. I think that's the the way to go for good content, Nick. I think that's the way. To yeah, go. I'm not gonna lie, Katie. I had a follow up to the mixed team ski jumping where I was going to ask you if you knew any <laughs> ski jumpers. <laughs> I have a funny story about that that we will talk about off oh, the podcast. No. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was literally the Why second the that the broadcast ended, I was going to go, guys, do I have something to tell you? <laughs> Anyways, I plead oh, the fifth. i leave that there. Hey, and that does it for another interesting, um, perhaps um, complicated edition of... Career ending edition of TV <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Haley, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I, did. I don't really have much else to say other than that. So, no, that Thank was really fun. How about Thank the USA round for you guys? Yeah, that's F1. That's what we do. Let's shift gears officially to the track where they went down to Texas. The state where I once was chased off of a, what I thought was an abandoned parking lot by a guy with a shotgun. That's Texas, baby. Southern hospitality at its finest. The Circuit of the Americas. F1 returned there this weekend for a sprint and a race and a couple of qualifying sessions in between. Any guesses on who won, guys? Um, Lance Stroll. <laughs> All right, Sean, you are disqualified from the podcast. He we'll did see you get next a point. Okay. That's a win, I think, for him. 
Our Canadian king. No, 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 Katie. We are here to talk about the only guy that was in the points that matters, and that is fellow American, Logan Sargent. Oh, God, he could barely get that through his gritted teeth. He was just so happy. America. Uh, I saw Elizabeth Blackstock, who's a writer who covers F1 and other motorsports, wrote a book about rich energy with um, Alanis King. Uh, she tweeted, praying for loints, which is Logan points. And we got loints, guys. We got loints. I don't even know what a loint is other than I that definition. That yeah, see, it sounds gross. Yeah. I like, love I like love moist. And loins. I love the point throughout it's the weekend. Everything bad. And loins. Ugh. I just loved how Logan was actually asked this weekend, you know, what do you think about the whole what the F is a kilometer? And he goes, Okay, for the record, I do know what a kilometer is. <laughs> it's a measurement unit, but he doesn't necessarily know how long it is in feet. I'm sure he does. Mm-hmm. At least he's at least mm-hmm. he says he does. At least he says mm-hmm. he does. Tinfoil hats going on. I'd like to test his knowledge. Uh it, it was uh Kind of a riveting weekend, guys. Um, it, the race got interesting. I wish it was a few laps longer. Why would that be, Katie? As she tells Carl to be quiet. Sorry, he was grunting. I had to mute my mic. <laughs> you like, for those of you watching, by the way, watch on YouTube. You get this type of content. You get nowhere else but here. Or Twitch. Which, shout out to our Twitch viewers, by the way. Thank you, guys. You're great. But yeah, Katie, um, why do we want this race to be a little bit longer? Oh, you left yourself on mute. You're still muted. She's permanently oh, muted. Oh, she's permanently muted. Oh, now we can go where this. we can say whatever well, we Katie, want about you Katie now. That, we're going to talk yeah. about the past dating life. Just kidding. Sean, <laughs> actually, you know what? Haley, <laughs> tell us why. Yeah. Because if there were a few more laps, we think that Lewis Hamilton could have pulled something off. Looking at Lewis, he had a really great drive. I think Lando had a really great drive as well. It just sucks that it seems like it's inevitable that a Lando's like inching towards that maiden win. It just feels like it's never coming. Like every single week, I'm like, I feel it in my bones. He's like starting P2, P3. It's like, it's coming. And then it never does. But Lewis had a fantastic drive. Lando had a fantastic drive. Um, Obviously, there was those weird technicalities that got Charles and Lewis just disqualified. And it's also kind of hilarious that Carlos Sainz has now been on the podium three times due to technicality. Like he's moved from P4 to P3, which is a little bit hilarious. Uh, But yeah, definitely if there are a few more laps, Lewis was having an incredible drive. Absolutely. I'll say, I'll say as a McLaren fan, as a Lando Norris fan, I thought that this was finally it. I thought that this was finally the weekend when he, looking at him lining up on the grid, knowing that he has a sharp left-handed turn, Turn one up up that hill. I'm like, if he can get, if he can just outbreak Charles, it's his. He's got this. I mean, I know Max is going to have something to say about it later. I didn't know the, the the mark would quite be that fast because even on Saturday, McLaren just looked like it had a bit more. But you're right, Lewis was absolutely. He looked like he was back to regular on Saturday or on Sunday. But I thought after Lando took that lead, after he built up like a couple of second lead over the rest of the field, I thought. That this was finally the weekend. Me too. And we're still left waiting for it. <laughs> I know. I really thought this was the time. Like four consecutive podiums. That's amazing, of course. But truly, I felt the same way. As soon as I saw him lead, I was like, oh my God, he's going to do it. And then it's just like Max is an do it. And he just closes that gap. And you're like, and as soon as he overtook him, I was like, it's over. 
it's over. <laughs> yeah. Can we can we revel in the fact that Max had a meltdown while driving though? Uh, because they were talking to him in, during his braking. Like yes. that was great, right? Like Max feeling pressure for the first time in ages. Like, stop talking to me during my braking. <laughs> he yeah, flipped out like bad. four times. Like, Am I back, by the way? Yeah, you're back. Back. Okay, yeah, we are so back. back. <laughs> Sorry, just took a three minute break. Uh, go on. But yeah, I He's loved how back. he flipped out again and again and again, because he was definitely feeling that pressure. And lo- like, I just wish we had a few more laps. Like you guys were saying, it felt good. Uh, I, I Some interesting racing, I think, uh, early in this race. I mean, typically you see a race kind of space out over time, but I think it was the first 15 laps where I was like, oh, it's everything's staying kind of close. Like maybe this is a track that demonstrates that the car technology and the changes in regulations, they could actually keep close. Um, but we had some interesting results toward the bottom of the points. Like Sean said, Logan Sargent gets in the points. And my favorite, which is actually why I wanted to wear a bunch of Red Bull gear. Um, I don't even know what the hell it was going to be for, but I just thought about it yesterday. Yuki Sonoda. <gasps> fastest yes. lap the king i mean what else do i have to say it didn't the short matter king. yeah the short king gets gets a, an extra point ends up doing a damn good job you know I, I don't know i was pretty happy about that that was about um all i took away from the race otherwise <laughs> uh it's kind of the season it's been i don't know what else do you guys take away I felt bad for Oscar. I felt really bad for Oscar. I feel like McLaren's yeah. been driving really well recently to have to retire the car. That really sucked because he obviously deserved to have a really good race the way Lando did. And it was just like so soon being like, no, we got to retire the car, which I felt and bad. And what, what he, he jumped four places on the first lap, you know, went from 10th to 6th. Um, but just that contact there at the beginning, it did him in. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was unfortunate to see. But it, it was, again, really cool to see Lando. Like, you thought... In my mind, I thought this is finally it. Like it's finally going to happen. Like, oh my god, yeah, just waiting for another year, I guess. I'm telling you, man, next year it happens. I'm I'm booking it now. Uh, they are going to go into the off season. They're going to use their fully developed center, their facility, and really build this car out. It's going to be better than it was even now. It's going to be a legitimate contender, and it's going to be Lando and Oscar making the best tandem on the grid. McLaren, Sean, the rise is coming. Okay. I've been wrong about rises in the past, like the 2019 Browns, but I'm not wrong this time. Okay. Get ready. It's real to me, damn it. (laughs) I feel like the rise is already here. I I think it's so historic to look at how awful they were, where you're looking at qualifying and Q1, it's like, oh, yeah, there's an easy one, two that are just out, like last season and then the beginning of this. It's so wild to me to go from where they were. Like, I know we've talked about it for weeks, but it just, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. That It's just, it's inspiring as an F1 fan. <laughs> uh, I want to point out one thing because I was way wrong. Um, I think my prediction last week was that Checo would finish out of the points. Mm-hmm. Sneaky good. P4. P4 there. Sneaky good. The disqualifications um, though... Uh... I, it sucks P3 that... He would have been, what, P5? Um, no, P6. Wouldn't he have been? Didn't Charles finish ahead of him? Mm, I don't actually remember. I don't know. The disqualifications are just tough no. because they don't have the time to check every single car, and they only checked four of them. Like, 
With the Ferraris, it sucks so bad because the car was below the minimum threshold by a few tenths of a millimeter. That, like, this is and, also and, the same sport that once... Go ahead, go ahead. Well, and like we talked about, Haley, you said this about, I put this in the rundown, that Carlos Sainz and then actually stepping on the podium when he finishes P3, a forbidden love story because it's happened three times, <laughs> which is so wild. But... Carlos is probably like metaphorically because he didn't get to physically stand on the podium, but I bet he's thinking like, uh, my car was probably just as illegal and it just happened to not be checked. Like not hey, man. the fact hey, that 50% of them were disqualified after they were checked. I do have to, and I, that's why like, I get that it's exciting that Logan Sargent's is in the points. I feel like the goat Nicholas Latifi walked so Sargent could run. He got his point. It was at his home race. Good for him. I'm happy. But for me, it's hard to like get super excited about it because I don't think it was necessarily that he had a super strong showing. Three cars retired from the race. Charles and Lewis were both disqualified. I do have to wonder like, if his was checked, maybe he would have been if more cars in front of him. Like, I don't want to take away from it. It just feels like it was really, really based on luck, just based on two of the four cars being disqualified. And I think a big part of that is the sprint format. Oh, that's an interesting take. I mean, this is the same sport that once disqualified Sebastian Vettel from a P2 finish because they couldn't pull a liter of fuel out of his car after the race because he ran out of fuel on the lap after the race ended. Which like, is so dumb because like, dumb. that's the point. You want your car to be light enough to go fast at the yeah, end of the race. Dumb. How dumb it's is just, that? Yeah. It's just dumb. I, but on the flip side, I will say, you know, for the cars that didn't get disqualified just because they didn't get checked, you ever find yourself driving down the freeway and you look up as you turn a corner and there's a guy who's been freshly pulled over by a, a trooper, you know, and, and the flashing lights are on and they're stuck and you're like, damn, I was speeding through there too. But if I mm-hmm. didn't get me that, I mean, didn't that's, that's me. how you gotta look at it, man. Chance. It's all me. about yep. chance. And it, it's fair. Yeah. I do have to wonder how many right, cars David. would have been disqualified though. <laughs> well, the law of averages would say 50%. <laughs> we could have had an absolutely wild podium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Guys, I want to shift away from this race real quick just because this is a topic that we were discussing before we started the show. And it's we're going to get into the tea here because, frankly, the season has been lacking the tea. Lance Stroll was pictured with a child. (laughs) You said that so on Lance Stroll was pictured with a child. Apparently, it's his child. Well, I don't think we know that for certain. I think it was just a screenshot. Google is free. I just want to know how it affects his dog rating. That's all I want to know because it went down a lot. So Haley and those newer listeners, uh, we spoke about this last week as well, but uh, sometimes we do uh, Lance Stroll dog ratings of, does he have that dog in him? Last week, I think he was what, like a two out of 10. He started the season off real hot. I think he was like a seven out of 10, had that dog in him when he broke both his wrists, got back into the car. But... Yeah, I don't. Is there a little dog? I I don't want to speculate on people's children and if they're there. No, I walked us into a trap, but I just wanted to bring it up related to his dog rating because there was also a clip of him wiping out on the stairs at a race recently, and I was like, ah, more points down. Like this is it. I want your take on Lance Stroll, Haley. More than anything, that's why I said this. I want to get to your take on Lance Stroll because this podcast is pretty much in agreement that his days are numbered in Formula One. Oh, I absolutely think his days are numbered. And it's true because it's like, even when he was doing like half okay at the beginning of the season, he was never where Alonso was. And yes, Alonso is a world champion. I get that. But still, 
like you've got the same machinery like Nico Rosberg I beat Lewis Hamilton the same machinery you've got the same machinery as Alonso you should be getting similar results and it was like Alonso was on the podium and Lance half the time was like P14 so you know what the season started strong then he's just declined and then it's like I get it's frustrating because everyone says you know you're only here because of your dad whatever but like the whole Qatar thing when he pushed his trainer and like gave the worst interview ever and like the interview was like so how are you gonna whatever and he's like keep racing like okay go give us nothing thank you so much uh, I just think too it's just like at what point are you gonna keep this guy in a car and it's like yeah he can finish at the bottom of the points especially when there's a bunch of disqualifications and three cars are retiring during the race. But I agree. It's kind of like, at what point do you kind of give up on a driver like that? Like, are you just going to let him keep driving forever and keep being mediocre? Like, don't you want to, they started the season up there in the constructors at least. And now it's like, he's kind of giving nothing. Now you're officially in fifth place after McLaren overtook him this weekend in Austin. Exactly. It is weird too, because just a couple of years ago when they were racing point, you know, he was putting in some good performances and his battle with Sergio Perez, it came down to the final couple races of the season. Really, Sergio only overtook him when he had that, you know, amazing race in uh, what was that Bahrain where he won on the on the outer track? Yeah, that was that was the, his yeah. his first win. That's when Sergio kind of really took over in P four in the constructors or the drivers championship. So we've seen Lance perform. But he is, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, he's getting his, you know, lunch money stolen, his dog kicked, his girlfriend taken away from him by Alonso. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to decide what was more graphic, the dog getting kicked or the girlfriend being taken away from him. <laughs> <laughs> I need Sean to write a novel about high school teen bullies someday. Oh, God. <laughs> this is easily um, one of our most unhinged feel- podcast episodes. <laughs> Well, I mean, we already got in your dating life, so it's, it's... I mean, yeah, part of that's your fault, Katie. <laughs> it's only uphill from here. If it helps. Only, I regret I saying it. So. <laughs> we don't. Great content. <laughs> great content. Great content. Um, do we have anything else to say about what we took away from that race? I, I can't think of really anything that's significant. No, not really. On, oh, to, Me- on to Mexico, The liveries were awesome. Yes. All, all the stars and stripes. Props to Williams. Cool. Props to Williams. And you want, to, you want to ask the question, well, is Logan Sargent going to have a seat next year? Yes. Williams draped the, the U.S. flag on their car. He scored his points. They put him in front of the media all week long leading up to this. They want that U.S. money, man. Uh, they want, they want, the, they want the USD. No. I think he's pretty safe. I huh. think it was because they're in the U.S. What do you think, Haley? Um, I, I'm unsure because I think the points are good, even though it is because of a technicality, he would have still finished P11, which is good considering half the races he's literally either retired or like finishes P20. So I think it was like a big jump. And especially when you see Alex Albon be able to drive the Williams so well, it's like, it's kind of the same thing. Not obviously they're not driving Aston Martin, but it's just how can he drive this car so well and you're finishing so below. And I think constantly that Sargent's been having somewhat better drives. And again, he is still a rookie. I think you need to give them time to develop. And like, I still feel bad about the whole Nick DeVries thing because it's like he was a rookie at the end of the day. And yes, he was older, but he was still a rookie. The AlphaTauri is not a good car. The Williams is not a great car. So I think he's trying his best. I think at least one more year, if anything. Yeah. I don't think they're going to, yeah. you know, get, get rid of him right now. He, and I think that's he, like great motivation to keep him going. Even if it was just a P11 finish, it's still a solid drive. He's mm-hmm. worth too much to them to just get rid of right now. Yes. Is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I mean, it helps that they have American money behind it. I think if that <laughs> yeah. wasn't the case, it'd be different. So I, I agree. All right. It was good, too, that Albon oh, go ahead, finished closer to him because I think we've seen a really big gap between them, which is always really concerning. But I think a lot of that speaks, too, of how good Alex Albon is at driving that absolute tractor. Like, I don't think Sargent's an amazing driver, but I do think Alex is so good that sometimes he can make his teammate look a lot worse than he is. Yes, for sure. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on over to the race that is ahead. Guys, we're going to have a little bit of fun, a little back-to-back action. We're going down to Mexico this weekend where the rumors are flying and the racing is going to happen soon enough. Mexican GP, what are we looking forward to in this race? Do we go right into our podium predictions or do we talk Just about... Just go into the podium predictions. We don't, ta- we don't what, talk what, about it. What are we looking forward to? What are we looking forward to? Is this Checo's announcement? Is it true? No. Is he no, going to no. retire? The, the rumors about him retiring are completely false. At this point, if you're Sergio Perez, you hang on to that seat just to stick it to Helmet Marco or whoever said, oh, he might Hell retire yeah. in Mexico. At Hell this yeah. point, you stick it to them and you make them pay you your money just for the hell of it. You ride out maybe your final year of your contract and then say, okay, now you can give Daniel Ricciardo the seat. Not that he is probably going to do any better. Did you hear We're it? Not Helmet. Gonna take it. Did you hear what Helmet Marco <laughs> said about Checo this week? Oh, it was such, no, what he said. such a backhanded was it, was it slightly racist? Well, for once, no, which was very strange for Helmet. Oh, that's, that's nice. Weirdo. But he said his performance was satisfactory, a clear upward trend. Hmm. Helmet Marco is just uh, as, such as a, a reporter, savage person. As a reporter. Yeah, as a reporter, Helmet Marco is just a, 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 a one-liner goldmine. Goldmine. As a fan, man, what a dick. He's such a dick. Like, consistently. Yeah, yeah. All right, podium prediction time for Mexico. We'll start with Katie. Um, P3, I have Checo. I think he's going to do well at that track just because he's familiar with it. And... I think I was trying to think of the track that it was closest to, and there isn't really a good comparison, but Baku was kind of the one that I could find that had some similarities and Checo won Baku. So I'm hoping that kind of the perfect storm of all the talk about him and he's had finally had a pretty good race this time in America and just the whole swirl of the retirement rumors. I hope he comes out and just has a really good race. (laughs) Um. We don't actually know, but yeah, P2, I have Lewis. Lewis just looked so dialed in this weekend. I had him as the race winner, uh, which actually wasn't that far off before the disqualification, but I was feeling really good about that and wishing he just had a few more laps. And then uh, P1, Max Verstappen, boo, boring, but uh, just what do we even say? Max wins everything. It's very annoying. I think that we're getting to a point where... um, if Red Bull, I think we talked about this before. If Red Bull didn't exist, this would be a riveting finish to a season because everything else is really tight among like the next three teams. And it would be really fun to see them duke it out for a title instead of for, you know, second, third place. Uh, but it does give us a reason to look forward to next year beyond, you know, the release of a, the next season of a docuseries. Like there's, there's plenty to look forward to in this sport going forward, especially if Red Bull takes a step back. Like I'm a Red Bull fan. But if, if they take a step back, 
it make it so much more fun and i'm okay to t- make that sacrifice i'll be the guy in the meme where the knives are th- are falling from the sky and he's protecting beneath him is f1 and i am the guy with my arms out as a red bull fan and i just say take me for the best of the sport for the future right now that's me all right uh haley do you have any podium predictions I do. I want to put a disclaimer, which kind of ties to the U.S. Grand Prix as well. In my heart, I would love to have another Ferrari on the podium. But what I'm looking forward to in Mexico is what they will screw up. It just seems oh, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Gridiron Podcast, Haley. Welcome. <laughs> so you're, like, you're fitting right in. <laughs> thank you. It's like at this point, I don't know what else they can do wrong. So I'm waiting to see what they're going to do wrong, whether it's another like. 17 second pit stop or just their horrible strategy putting on the wrong tires not having the tires ready it's truly a clown show over at ferrari so as much as i would love to say charles could get p3 we know it's not happening because ferrari's gonna screw that up so my actual predictions are p3 i'm gonna say lando as much as i would like checo to do very well in you know his home race lando's just been driving so well recently and again like i can feel that win coming but just you can't beat a red bull at the moment at least a max or sapin driven red bull it's just you can't beat it p2 i'd say lewis as well because it's the same thing the past few races the mercedes has looked incredible even him and george have kind of looked on par a few times obviously lewis i think is the better driver but Lewis, again, knows this track very well. I had an amazing drive in Austin. I think he's going to continue that into Mexico. And, like, echoing KDP1, it's hard. You Max could start P19 and find a way to win. Like, it's honestly getting annoying at this point that no matter what happens, no matter where he starts, unless he DNFs, he's winning the race. Like, yeah. And he does not DNF. a bright spot for me because I was like, thank you, not Max Verstappen. Like, yeah. it just... No matter what, if he doesn't have some issue with the car, he's winning that race. No matter where he starts, it doesn't matter. It's it's gotten boring. It was boring winning, like you were saying before, how like y- the race for second, third, fourth is very interesting. Like as much as there's a controversy in the 2021 season, it was cool having it come down to the final race. Like that was so exciting. Whereas now it's like Max, they clinched the constructors. They clinched Max clinched. It's like so we're just watching for like you know second, third, fourth at this point. Just for kicks, baby. Just because yeah. we like the sport. Woo! Exactly. I love your point Nothing about like Ferrari because I can just picture them on the radio like, do you want to go for plan P or plan K? <laughs> it's like, how far Question. down the alphabet Question. do we need to go? <laughs> Honestly, it's brutal. I'm being, not even a Ferrari like, fan. You're driving and you're like trying to fight heat exhaustion. They're like, would you like plan F? <laughs> plan M? M or N? M as in Michael? <laughs> terrible oh, okay oh man all right uh my podium prediction number one max verstappen i'll go number two lando norris uh i think he's gonna make it five straight podiums he's just driving the you know what out of that mclaren right now and then p3 i will agree with you katie checo perez he's back home he loves racing in mexico city he saves his best for there um and i'll throw out a bold prediction too i think the crowd in mexico city are going to boo when Max Verstappen takes the top step of yeah. the podium. Yeah. I think he, his family, and Red Bull have rubbed Sergio the wrong way, and they're going to let him know it. I like that. I think that that's actually a very safe, bold prediction. It's bold because it would be a bold scene, but I very much agree with you on that. And Sergio's or- going to have to be on the podium putting his finger over his lips like, no, 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 don't don't boo Max. Don't boo Max. But He's I like this. They will. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, hey, smiling hey, through that. Guy. 
Yeah, be quiet, but keep going, keep going, keep going. Smiling through the pain. Uh, I was curious, though, because, yeah, there was a bunch of booing when Max grabbed the trophy, but it was also Greg Abbott that was presenting it to him. Like, if I'm there, I'm booing Greg Abbott, (laughs) if I'm honest. (laughs) Like, and I saw quite a few people on Twitter kind of push back and go, no, I I was booing at Greg Abbott, too, so... Just because he's a very, very, very polarizing, is one way to put it, figure. I'm curious to see with Max, with this next podium, because I'm sure we can all agree he'll be on the top step of the podium. But just to give a, just to play devil's avocado, that's who I would have been booing at. No, I know. And I wasn't saying, I I wasn't basing this off of, you know, Austin booing Greg Abbott, which makes sense because it's, it's Austin. But at the same time, I don't think I, I've heard some rumors and I've seen some articles out there that say don't don't expect a warm welcome uh, for the Red Bull team and especially Max Verstappen, especially after what he did to Checo last year. And what was it, Brazil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he wouldn't give the place back. You don't ask me to do that. I told you like <laughs> I love your dude. Max impression. I can't do a Dutch accent. It's a tricky one. I don't even uh, uh, it sounded more like a six year old who's like. I like Tuttles. <laughs> that's I feel like that's the Dutch accent. Yeah. <laughs> I like racing. I like Tuttles. Uh, Sorry to our Dutch fans. <laughs> uh, my predictions are going to be somewhat chalk. Uh, Max, well, we'll go three to one. Uh, Checo is going to get on the podium. Do I believe in it? No. But do I like the story? Yeah. Yes. I think I actually think Lewis has been driving really well. I agree with what Haley said. He's probably got a better chance there. But I, I want a cool story because... We need a cool story right now. Uh, P2, Oscar Piastri, because I feel like he's driving almost about as well as Lando is, and he's just running some bad luck. The sprints make me, just keep making me think that Oscar is like going to be the better driver in the long run. I could be wrong. Uh, I agree with you, yeah. but no, I um, think you're right there. I think if things go right for him, although it's going to be a tough track for a rookie, but I just like his chances, and then Max P1. But my bold prediction is the one that I care about most, and it's that... Sergio Perez ends up on the podium. He gets the mic in front of him. They're cheering him like crazy. They're begging him to stay. And he pulls a WWE move and says, I ain't going anywhere. I'll be back in 2024. And he doesn't sound like Vince McMahon, but I'm already here, so I'm doing it. <laughs> That's my bold prediction. So there you go. I That's so going to wrap that up happens. I think, our F1 talk. <laughs> yeah. He just dunks the champagne on himself and goes wild. The crowd goes crazy and the riot ensues and hopefully nobody gets hurt. Yeah, that's what happens. All right, uh, final segment of the day. I don't know if you know about this one either, Haley, um, but it's hate it or love it where we give the thing we hate and the thing we love from the week. And we'll start again with Katie. Am I doing my hate? hate? Because we always get the bad stuff. Yeah, we get the bad stuff. We always start with hate. Yeah, got to get out of the way first. Mine's a quick one. I alluded to it earlier. We had our first snowfall today, and I'm just miserable about it. That's it. I understand. I live that in Canada. That fire does look like very nice, though. It is, yeah. The environment inside I, I love is a good very fire. nice. Yeah. I'm just not a winter person, which I know doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense because I live in Canada, but I can't help where I was born. Sean, don't give me that look. I'm a very proud Canadian. I just don't happen to love snow or winter or cold and i live in the canadian rockies so like when you so that's sick when you like <laughs> sing the national anthem or you're like the true the true north, the north. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, the true north <laughs> exactly how i sing it sean you're bang on <laughs> but that's my hate i just i'm not a winter person 
I like some winter activities, but overall I could just, I could really leave it. I'm fine without it. That's it. That's my hate. Interesting. Haley, what's yours? Interesting. Cause you're on the, you're on the slopes. It's just interesting. Go yeah. ahead, Haley. Hmm. I don't really have one. I think I would say the same, like cold weather, like especially in Ontario, it's a lot different weather than what Katie goes through. But like we had such a hot summer and it was like 35 degrees Celsius every single day. And then last week it dropped to seven and it was like, I don't want to bring out my winter jacket yet. So I feel that. I also hate cold weather. And so we didn't, we don't have snow yet. Thank God. Fingers crossed. But it's like, how do you go from 27 degrees one week to seven the next? I don't know. Man, that sounds, that sounds like a really, really hot summer or cold. I don't know. I, I, it it's, for, it's 44.6 degrees Fahrenheit, Sean. I did it for us. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's seven not. Seven Celsius. <laughs> Oh, I, no, I was, I, okay, I thought you were, I thought you were saying 35. I'm like, no, oh, that's, no, that's definitely not. No, I saw, she said seven, so I went to 44.6. That's what Google told me. I don't know. There's a lot of numbers flying around. I'm not good at math. I was trying to be helpful to us ignorant Americans. <laughs> I like, I like, I like Fahrenheit because it tells you the percentage of how hot it is. It is 100 degrees outside. It's 100% hot. It's 30 <laughs> degrees outside. It's 30% hot. It's pretty easy to what? follow. No, that's, yeah. that's that argument. Like that. No, it's pretty easy to follow. That's so no, bad. It's complete. If it's 100 degrees outside, it is 100% stinking hot. And if it's 100 degrees Celsius, it's boiling, literally. <laughs> yeah, that's a big, like, Florida man take. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's a true. better argument for Celsius, John. You yeah. Failed. Well, I have. I... I don't like the fact. I have that... lived here for too long. Look, man, 72 feels a lot different than 62. And yet in Celsius, it's just basically it sounds like the same. That's my problem. But it's all about frame of reference and and, and we're dumb. And <laughs> we the, the country, you know, it tried back in the 70s. It tried to move to uh, the metric system. And, and we're just stuck in Imperial because I guess we are still an Imperial nation. So I don't know. I tried to tie the two together and that flopped. John, what's your hate? I mention it every single time I do it, which is Traffic. a lot. Uh, no, I hate moving. Oh, I hate moving. I hate moving. Did another move this week. Got out of an apartment, moved into my brother's lovely abode where I'll be staying for the next few months until I re-sign a contract. Um, and moving just sucks, especially moving out of a fifth floor apartment sucks. Uh, but thankfully, there is an elevator, one elevator where you have to shove everything, you know, two two bedrooms, two bathrooms and a kitchen and a living room worth of a stuff into throw stuff into a storage unit and just it's moving stuff on it takes up an entire weekend and then you do not feel like you're ready to tackle the week so yeah i hate moving dude it's the worst like you're unsettled you don't know where anything is you're not comfortable especially you're not even in your own place plus the elevator thing like when we moved out of our apartment you know it's like seventh floor into the house yeah. it was um it was an absolute nightmare you don't realize how much stuff you have until you have to shove it in an elevator and the elevator no. makes it sound like, oh, you're complaining. You didn't even have to use your legs. But it's like, have you tried to get stuff to, into an elevator and get the door to stay open? It's tough, man. You know, first world problems, but it's annoying. So I feel you, Sean. And, and you know, I hope that whatever your future holds for you, you stop moving, damn it. Like, for the love uh, of God. I got at least one more soon. Yeah. Well, we'll see where that goes. Um, my hate is walnut trees because I have a walnut tree behind my house. And for the last week and a half, I've been sitting here during the day and working and when it's quiet i just hear boof 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 ping and then nothing because the walnuts are falling off of the tree and hitting the roof of my house and then they land on the metal like awning of sorts over the porch and 
it's like I'm getting like pelted. I'm getting bombed by a walnut tree all day. I went and cleaned them up out back tonight before the sun went down. I got bit by a bug. I don't think you can see it anymore. I think it went down. It was over here somewhere, but they saw it earlier. It was all red and swollen. Um, and it's just a pain in the ass. And I would love to chop the tree down, but it's on the cemetery's property, which of course, Sean will probably smile about because- I was gonna say, does it bother you at all knowing those walnuts are like decomposed dead people? Dude. Like, oh, there's Esther. She just fell on my roof. <laughs> oh, there's David. <laughs> oh, there's all... Sheila. All we are is glorified fertilizer at the end of the day. Rip, that thing's Esther, growing. and Sheila. <laughs> well, they're all in the trash can now, so sorry. Oh, Nick. Come gotta, on. Gotta get rid of them somehow. They'll grow new ones next year from whatever's left from when they died 100 years ago. Oh, that's disrespectful. Katie, what's your love? <laughs> uh, so my love last week, my hate, was the NHL banning pride tape. This week, my love is that it is no longer banned. And for the record, I am not handing it to the NHL. That needs to go on the record. I don't think you ever have to hand it to the NHL. As I said last week, great sport, trash league, still very much believe that. Travis Dermott of the Arizona Coyotes was the first player to wrap his stick with pride tape. It wasn't even pride night. He was a huge part of the shift, but there was also a substantial amount of pushback from fans, media, other players, it's important that we put pressure on organizations for important decisions like this because the pressure worked and we saw it and they rolled back on it. And I think that's really, really important. And here at the Gridiron Podcast, we are a safe space. That's my love. I'm going to jump on. I'm, I'm going to jump on that, too, because, uh, Katie, that was my love as well. Um, and again, I wanted to mimic the same thing. I'm not giving props to the NHL for doing something that they never should have done in the first place. Like when players come out and say, oh, I, I don't want to wear a pride jersey. I don't want to wear pride tape on my stick, whatever. Your answer can't be then to ban all players from using pride equipment. That's just that is that's like elementary school logic, like you know, oh, well, Johnny brought in a toy, so no one can bring in toys. No, that's the dumbest thing that you possibly, that's the dumbest overreaction any sports league could possibly have. I'm glad it's gone. I'm not crediting the NHL again for, for doing something that they never should have done in the first place, but I do love that they finally reconciled that because it, what, what kind of message does that send at the end of the day? That you're giving into hate, that you're giving into the minority. It was seven that's players. just that's horrible. Seven that's horrible. Players. Yeah. Horrible. By the way, Google Eric Stahl Pride jersey because he wore one. He certainly did. Thank you for saying that. There's photographic evidence. I didn't wear one. Yeah, you did. With the, with the Canadians. Nope, never did. I, I got the picture right here. Would you like to see it? Oh, it's Photoshop. Fake news. Yeah, fake news. Yeah, yeah. Haley, what's your love? I feel silly saying my love now after Katie and Sean were so eloquent. And no, like, no, no, no. Silly too, don't worry. All love. Don't worry. Mine's all important. My love is not a slight at Sean, but I truly love when Ohio State beats Penn State because my oh, top five most annoying hated coaches in the NCAA, number one is obviously Jim Harbaugh. Yes. Number two is Dabo Swinney, but James Franklin's number three. And it gets rounded out by PJ Fleck. And it used to be Lane Kiffin, but like Lane Kiffin's kind of grown on me over the years since he's been funny. But James Franklin is just so annoying to me. And the amount of times he's gone to his post-game presser 
and just whined about things, which I get, they all do it. It's not just him, but just something about him annoys me so much. So even though it was an ugly game offensively, Kyle McCord didn't look great. The defense really bailed Ohio State out there. A win is a win and they're seven and up. What do you call what do you call Ryan Day complaining about a 90-year-old senile man? Hey, with a he wasn't complaining. Impediment? He wasn't complaining. He was pointing it out and he was shoving the words right back where they came from. That's what he was doing. Like like I said, Ryan Day is just as bad. But you know, when they're your own, you find a way to defend them. It was like the Urban Meyer era. There was scandal after scandal, and you're like, oh, that's my head coach. And then the second he leaves to Jacksonville and is a clown show there, you're like, glad he's gone. You know, you just somehow defend your own. All right. <laughs> just trying to keep you honest. <laughs> Let's not forget where Penn State came from, Sean. Uh, I, I agree with you, by That's the way, true. Haley. Um, I'm not a Ryan Day guy, but the defense is pretty good. And um, I wasn't a fan of the whole Lou Holtz thing, but I think that to jump on his back is kind of crazy in an emotional moment. That's that's the point I'll make with you, Sean. Uh, my love is, uh, you know, they say you, you can always visit, but you can never go home. Well, I proved you all wrong this weekend when I went to Kent State for homecoming and felt old initially and then sat down at Race Place and had a couple of beers and chatted with some of the patrons there, mostly college kids. And suddenly I felt right back at home and was welcomed and we had a grand old time. And things have changed, but a lot of it's still the same. And I had a blast with a couple of uh, buddies I used to live with. Um, it's a magical place, man. Uh, you can go home. You just have to only be there for a few hours before it starts to get awkward and you go home to your real home. We're going next year. We're going next year. <laughs> yeah, we're going next year for sure. Thank you you would have had, had a great time. Man, By the I'm way, so Sean, um, Bar 145's death of many years ago has now shifted the late night focus to this place called Dominic's, which is next to Ray's, which we never went into. <laughs> it's a popping place now. Packed. Was it there when we were there? Yeah, just nobody ever went in there. You never heard of it. Packed. I was blown away. Nice. But wow. That's my love. And that is episode 18, not 17, 18 of the Gridiron Podcast. Can't do math. Oh, wait. You know what? We did have one chat here from my buddy, Michael, who's look, I didn't say it in this podcast again, and I intended to, but my brain is mush right now. But he's pushing a verb that he has invented. The process is pretty simple. And you guys understand in a second. You think I'm just drumming this up here. But the process is simple. You take gibberish and you mix it with a verb. And you make it into something that sounds credible. His term, I'll read it right now, is the NHL really got jiggle bagged with the negative PR about the tape. Self-inflicted. And you're right, Michael. But really what's most jiggle bag. And the way Katie says it is even better. And now I gotta see here. Jiggle bag. Jiggle bagged? Ah, she's got the air right. It's a Katie thing. (laughs) Big. Big. Jiggle bagged. So we're pushing the jiggle bag movement now. It's it's like to describe what happened to USC against Notre Dame. They got jiggle bagged in that game. <laughs> Tell your friends, jiggle bag, the new wave. You heard it first on the Rain of Troy podcast. You're hearing it second. It's so fetch. On the grid. We are making it's it happen, fetch. Sean. We are. We are making it happen. Keep so trying that to make is episode. Happen. We will. We'll make jiggle bag happen, Katie. Damn it. Or I'll move on to something fun when we don't. This has been episode 18 of the Gridiron Podcast. Special thanks to Haley for joining us for a, another marathon episode where we covered a lot. We subjected her to segments that she didn't even know, exi- know existed. Um, and hopefully you had a good time, Haley. I had a lot of fun. Thank you guys for having me. 
Thank you so much. Well, thank for you for here. joining us. Yeah. For Nick and oh, Katie. Wait, Sean, and Haley. I, I got to stop oh, you. I got to stop you. Can, you I do this every it. time. No. You do this every time. Yes. You do this. I children, start the goodbye. And you go, wait, no, no, no. We, can, we can't do that. We I can't got, do I got to stop you because we need to take a special oh moment God. to applaud Katie for her performance in Do You Even Know Today. This is a monumental moment. This is the turning point, Katie. This is where your season, your career turns around. Nothing but greatness is ahead for you. Okay. I have so many people to thank right now. Uh, just kidding. I don't. Just me. For Nick Shook, Kitty Caldwell, I'm Sean. And a special thanks to Haley as well. This has been episode 18 of the Gridiron Podcast. And as always, don't get jiggle bagged this week and live life in the fast lane. <laughs> <laughs>